Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome to the Rising with Phoenix Grace podcast. My name is Lee, soon to be Phoenix Grace, and I created this podcast to have conversations that will make us rise to the most powerful version of ourselves. I get it. You might be feeling a little lost and powerless, but I'm here to let you in on a little secret. The more you know and talk about the things that are pulling at your heart, the easier it is to rise into the person that you were meant to be. I know this because I've done it myself, so come along with me as we talk about resiliency, this crazy thing we call life, our bodies, our souls, and things that are a little bit woo. I'm so excited for you to be here, and I can't wait to rise with you. Let's get started. Hello, hello, beautiful souls. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I am so jazzed, yes, jazzed about this episode. I've been thinking about it for the last couple of days and just really got it like reconfirmed last night that this is really what I wanted to talk about this week for the podcast. And It's also a way to get to know me a little bit better. I had touched on a little bit, I believe in episode one about, you know, that I used to move around a lot and I've lived in a lot of different places. Maybe I didn't. So I've lived in eight different places in the last 11 years. Five of those happened within the first two years of that 11 years when I started working seasonally. And there's so many things about that choice that changed literally the course of my life. And that sounds dramatic, but it's very true. I hope the quality is okay on this. I am currently driving home after a mom weekend away and it is raining. (laughs) So there's rain and there's the windshield wipers. I hope that this is coming out clearly. And if not, then I'll re-record it. It is what it is. But the friend that I was with this weekend was asking me how, you know, I had done all these things and um, gone all these places. And it really made me start to be like really reflective of that time of my life, but also of like the time in my life that I currently am, where the last few months have just been really challenging for me as far as like finding the reasoning of why certain things are happening, why I'm being faced with these challenges, why people that I love are being faced with really terrible challenges, questioning the timing, questioning like if things are going to work out the way that they're supposed to and just kind of losing a little bit of faith. And I started feeling some of this come back when a guy that I had gone on a couple of dates with, we decided that we would just be friends. And that friendship has become really important. And it's become just a very comforting presence to have in my life right now. And if I would have gotten what I thought I wanted, which was to date him and to have a relationship with him, I wouldn't have this friendship. I wouldn't have this advocate for me. I wouldn't have this person that I can talk to about everything that's going on and find comfort in. And so it kind of reminded me of the Garth Brooks song, like sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. And so that made me start thinking about, okay, like everything comes in the time that it's supposed to. People come when they are supposed to. 
And until then, like, what are you going to do? So I've spent the last few days with a friend having this mom weekend away and really thinking about that girl that traveled all those years and the girl in me that still moves and that isn't scared to move. I was having a conversation a couple weeks ago with a young Coast Guard wife who asked me, like, do you ever get used to this? Do you ever get used to moving? Do you ever get used to saying goodbye to people? And you don't get used to it. It's always hard. But I've started to find more solace in it because I know that there is people that I am supposed to love waiting for me wherever I go. And I don't mean that as in like a relationship, as in like a significant other. I mean as friendships. And I know this to be true because I've lived it over and over and over again. When I moved to St. Thomas in the fall of 2011, I went with three friends that I didn't really do much with once I had kind of gotten established on the island. I made this whole other group of friends. I made friends with the people that I worked with. I made friends with the dive boat that always came into where I worked. I made friends with the people that I went out on different dive boats with as I was getting my certification. I had a pretty large group of friends that I did a lot of things with when I lived there. And it was closing in on the end of my time there. And my one friend walked up to me. I think I'll probably remember this for the rest of my life. And he gave me a hug and he said, do you want to know what my favorite thing about you is? And I was like, okay, sure, yeah. And he was like, I love the way that you love. We don't know that much about each other. But like, you love me and I love you. And that is how you make everybody around you feel. And obviously that's a beautiful compliment to receive, but I think more than that, it was the fact that six months before that, that's not how I would have painted myself. St. Thomas allowed me to become in some ways like a different version of me. St. Thomas brought out the strongest version of me. It brought out this strength that I never knew that I had. And part of that was being able to be with these people that didn't need to know my whole story, that didn't really even need to know that much about me, except that I was a good person, I was funny, you know, and like we could have a good time together. And that sounds really shallow. And I understand that saying that. And not all of the friendships were like that. There was one girl that we stayed up multiple times till like four in the morning, like bearing our souls to each other. Like it wasn't, all of it wasn't like super shallow interactions, but it was amazing. And when it came time to leave there, I remember it was my last night, I think like 25 people came to like see me off and I was ugly crying the whole time, the whole time. And it hurt and it sucked and getting on the plane the next day to go back to Idaho was excruciating. Also, One of my funniest stories is from when I landed in Miami that day, but we will save that for another time. And then I went back to my life. 
and then I moved to Hawaii. And then I moved back to the Caribbean and then I moved to Nantucket and then I moved back to Hawaii. And then we spent five years in Washington and now we're two and a half years into Michigan. And I still remember all of these people that touched my heart, that touched my soul. In Nantucket, there was a group of five of us that we called each other the Hump Day Wolfpack. This was the summer that the um, Geico commercial with the camel and Hump Day came out. We thought it was the best thing since sliced bread. We repeated that commercial to each other constantly over that summer. But the five of us formed this wolf pack. I will most likely never see the four of them again. One of them stayed in contact for a couple years, another one in contact up until last year. But I will never forget that summer with them. In some ways it feels like it was yesterday because I can vividly remember the way that I felt when I was with that group of people. One of my favorite memories was we were driving home from the bar one night and Wagon Wheel came on. And one of the guys was much smaller than me. And I just like, we called it spider monkeyed him in the backseat. I just like wrapped my arms and legs around him and drunkenly sang Wagon Wheel. And whenever I hear that song, I immediately think of him. And even that day, leaving, you know, when I left Nantucket, same thing. I'm sitting there, getting ready to get on the plane, just bawling my eyes out, excruciating. And the missing has also hurt at times. It's been a lot. It's been a lot sometimes to know that, like, these people have impacted my life, impacted my journey, helped me figure out something, helped me learn something, and that I might never see them again. And you don't know that for sure. Like whenever you leave a place of like, you will ever see some of these people again. You can have the best intentions and life happens and people grow and people change and values change. But the thing is, is that that love, like that love never goes away. It's been 10 years since Nantucket. And if I was to see all of them walking down the street on some random Tuesday, I would not only like hug the shit out of them, but I would probably cry because I would just be so fucking happy to see them again. So I have to love. I have to continue to find people to love. So moving doesn't scare me. Starting over doesn't scare me. I can't wait in some ways to go to another place knowing that a best friend is waiting for me or a little brother that I didn't know I needed or wanted is waiting for me or somebody to teach me something about myself that I didn't know and I never would have known unless I met them. A while back, I was doing a journaling 
exercise one night with prompts and one of the prompts was what is one thing that you would go back and change if you could maybe it's because i watched the butterfly effect too many times and i know that changing things doesn't necessarily make things better but more than that it's this absolute belief that i have that even the most painful things that I have been through, even all of the boys that have broke my heart, all the friendships that have made me question the sanity of women and humanity sometimes, even though I've missed people for so long and I will continue to love and lose people, I would not change a single thing. And if you know enough of my story to know that I've lost both of my parents, then I understand that it would be really easy to be like, well, that's kind of fucked up. Like, wouldn't you like want your parents to live? Of course, I would want my parents to live. However, part of the grief process is acceptance. And part of that acceptance is knowing that if they were still alive, that my life would have been completely different. I wouldn't have my daughter. I would have never met my ex-husband. And though that didn't turn out the way we'd hoped it would, it was still meant to happen. I wouldn't have never gone to the Caribbean. I would have never found that strength that I had no idea that I had. And I never would have loved all the people that I've loved in between here and now. I wouldn't have found some of my best friends. I wouldn't have found family. I wouldn't even probably be as close to my big brother as I am. So though there has been really painful things, really hard things, I can't change or want to change any of it. Because despite the bad days, despite the hard days, I really like who I am. And I do have a great life. And I love that even through all of the, the pain and the hardships and all the lessons that I've learned, it would have been really easy for me to just shut off the world, to just shut down, to be like, nope, I have my three core best friends and that is all I need. I could have done that. And I am so grateful every day that that is not what I did. My purpose in sharing this, especially after a weekend like this, where this woman that I spent the last few days with, I've met on Zoom and FaceTime and phone conversations and texting for the last two years. And though we established a decent friendship, we left 
these last couple of days on a couple like on a whole different level. And it's scary sometimes to show people who you really are. Because you don't know if they're going to like it. You don't know if they're going to appreciate it or if they're going to see you or if they're going to try to keep you small because that makes them more comfortable. But weekends like this weekend remind me of why taking chances is so important. Why having the harder conversations is so important. Why being able to speak about your pain is important because it makes you realize that you are not alone in it. And so I know that no, mar no matter where I end up, God willing, Hawaii in two years, fingers crossed. But no matter where I end up, I know that I'm not going to be alone. I know that there are people waiting for me, for me to love, for them to love me, to teach me, to guide me, to challenge me, whatever it may be. I think there's a Kelly Clarkson song called I Dare You to Love, which obviously is not about this context, but I really do. Because loving people makes you strong. It's not having people love you that makes you strong. It's loving people that makes you strong. I have a tattoo on my side that says courage to be strong because that's what it is. It's not the other way around. Like if you're strong, you have courage, no. You have to be willing to be vulnerable. You have to be willing to experience the other side of the good emotions. You have to be brave in order to be strong. So on that note, <laughs> I hope that you have the courage to be strong. I hope that if you are feeling in a space of that nobody understands or you don't understand why this friendship ended or your relationship or whatever it may be, that even if you have to dig really, really deep to find the smallest spark of hope, that there's going to be a greater meaning in it. I implore you to do that. Because I don't believe everything happens for a reason. But I don't believe there's any mistakes when it comes to the people who come into your life. Thank you for letting me share part of my journey with you, part of my favorite part of my journey with you. And I feel since that was kind of serious that I should share with you the funny story from Miami when I landed after leaving St. Thomas. So the night before was my going away shindig. I don't know what time it went till. I know there was a lot of alcohol consumed and that I had to get up very early for my flight the next day. I get to the airport, all of my friends in Idaho want me to bring them back Prussian rum, which I'm 90% sure is actually sold in liquor stores in Idaho, 
but that didn't cross my mind. I wanted it to be authentic, you know, to come from the islands. So I go into the store at the airport and purchase, I want to say four big bottles of Frisian flavored rum. So I land in Miami. I'd flown like United or something. And then I was switching to American. I was switching airlines. So I land in Miami. Luckily I had a three hour layover. I am searching for my gate forever. Cannot find this gate. I'm tired. I'm hungover. I'm emotional. Finally, I go to where like you walk out of security and I'm approaching the security guard there and I'm asking him where the hell my gate is. And he was like, oh, you have to switch terminals. And I was like, you mean like I have to go out and go back in through security? And he was like, yeah. I'm a crier. Um, anybody who doesn't know me super well, especially when I'm really tired. And so I just start crying because if I go out of security, God forbid, I cannot bring this rum back in through security. It's way over the three ounce rule. So this security guard takes pity on me, walks me to a store that sells luggage and bags. I buy this $25 Reebok duffel bag. The people at the store give me all this paper and boxes and we get all of those bottles wrapped up really good, shoved in this Reebok duffel bag. Then it's time for me to go check this as a bag. I am also a rule follower and I'm very scared of authority figures. So we go to check me in. The security guard finally leaves my side. He finally thinks I'm mentally stable enough to be by myself. And the guy that's checking me in asks me if it's alcohol. I've never been asked this question in my life when it comes to checking in a bag. And I'm an honest, rule following person. So I say, yes. To which he then informs me if I want to check this bag of alcohol, that it's a hundred dollars. So I'm already like, I would have been like $200 in at this point for four bottles of like $10 rum. So this isn't happening, you know? So I feel completely defeated again. I'm exhausted, I'm hungover, I'm sad. So I go and I sit on a bench in the, in the airport, bawling my eyes out. I call my mother, of course. And, you know, and she's like trying to calm me down. And she's like, you know what? Why don't you just find some people to give the rum to? So that is what I proceed to do. So I'm walking around, so there's this family sitting behind me, watching this whole breakdown and everything happen. So I get off the phone with them and I'm like, do you guys, do you guys want some rum? And I don't know if they really wanted it or they just wanted me to start crying, but they took two bottles. So then I go outside of the doors cause I'm at the arrival, you know, area of the airport. And so I go outside the doors. I walked up to like two or three people I think I'd stopped crying at this point finally, but I walk up to like two or three people and they're like, I don't drink. And I was like, okay, well, you know, so sorry. And then I hear this commotion and I look over and there's this group of guys, probably six or seven of them. They're on their phones. They're saying they just made it to Miami. Like they're jazzed to be there. So I walk up to them and I was like, I know this is super random. Long story short, I can't take this on the plane. Do you guys want some rum? And one guy was still on his phone and he was like, 
dude, hold on. I fucking love Miami. We just got here, and this chick just walked up and is handing us bottles of booze. And so these guys took the booze off my hands, hands, um, and there became my Miami airport story. So I said, welcome to Miami. I walked inside, I got on my flight, and I went home. So I hope that that story gets told by them all the time too because i would definitely tell it if i was on the other side of it as well so there's my funny story to end a serious conversation on so thank you again so much for being here don't forget to like subscribe leave me a review share with someone that you are grateful for that your paths crossed or someone that you think might just need a little bit of a pick-me-up and until next time we'll see you soon Before you go, I just want to talk to you about one more thing that has been a total game changer in my life, and that is CBD. In the midst of the pandemic in 2020, and I was getting ready to also move across country, I found myself more anxious, not sleeping, and just completely miserable, and I finally decided to start taking CBD, and wow, what a game changer it was. If you're interested in CBD, I highly encourage you to look at Nuvita. Nuvita is a woman-owned company based here in Michigan, and part of its proceeds every month go to end human trafficking. There is rigorous testing and quality control, and the product itself is just amazing. So if you suffer with anxiety, with gut issues, with sleep, CBD might be the thing for you. If you want to check it out, head to www.nuvitacbd.com and use promo code LEANDA10 to save.